Amen. So the, the title of this lesson is Levels. And I'll tell you how I came to it. I was, it's two scriptures that kind of stand out to me that I've been meditating on uh, since um, uh, my last time I preached. I preached on uh, where, uh, warfare in the heavenlies. And as I was studying that, God was just showing me about different levels. So uh, the first scripture is going to be in 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not worldly, but are mighty through God, through the pulling down uh, of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I was looking at that, and I just saw in their levels, things are trying to exalt themselves where only God can be. And I was thinking about, as we come into this world, um, we are birthed. We emerge. That's what birth means. To start a life physically, a separate being. We're birthed into this world. Now, as we look at this, our parents take care of us when we're born. They provide food, shelter, and clothing for us as infants. So infants can't do much for themselves, but they have the favor of the parents and the ones around them because they're innocent. Amen? They're vulnerable. They can't defend themselves, so other people defend for them. And then we go into our teenage years where we, we've learned some things, but now we also question some things. And then we go into our adulthood. Now, it's funny that uh, I find myself, my great-grandma, I was raised with my great-grandma around, and I find myself saying some of the things that she said. I was like, why am I saying that? But you don't realize, like, the environment you're in as a child, those things are being inputted in you. But those are skills, lessons learned uh, that we are put into, and we should be able to stand on our own as being adults. We should be able to live off the things that the parent has provided. We should be able to survive. Amen? We should be able to have victories in our lives. So, it's the same in spiritual, in our spiritual life. When we're born again, we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. We are infants in the Word. And I remember, like, uh, when I first got saved, like, for, for the first five or six years, it seemed like everything I prayed for, God just do for me. And I, I think about that when we, in Genesis when it talks about Abraham. See, he told Abraham at first, Every, everywhere you see, man, as far as you can see, that's yours. It's yours. Everywhere you can see. But then he came back later and said, everywhere that the sole of your feet should tread upon is yours. Now, what is God saying? It's yours as far as you can see. As far as you are not blinded by the things of the world, all this is yours. But now you have to walk this thing out. 
there's a work that's required. There's levels that we have to go through. Now we think about this even in school. We go through different levels. We're tested out of different levels. We don't just go to the first grade and then to the second grade. There's a test that's administered. To the third grade, especially that around the third grade, I think that's the hardest year for elementary school because you're going through a big change. So what I believe what God is saying to us tonight, that we have to realize where we are and what levels that we're on. Because we don't ever want to come to a point where we get shipwrecked in our faith. That maybe we're thinking we're here on a mature level and we're not. Maybe we're in a teenage level, but we're asking God for things that we really can't handle. Or we're trying to operate in a way that we really can't handle. Now you become discouraged and mad at God because he didn't come through or didn't do this thing for you. So God's telling me we have to recognize where we are. Now, one of my favorite scriptures is Hebrew 12. And we can turn there. Because I love to give examples in the word. I got to find it in the word. And if I can find it in the word, then that's, 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 that's concrete enough for me. So in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Because if it's not in the word, if it's not based on the word, then it's just your opinion, right? So if we go to Hebrews. I brought my big study Bible with me. So if we go to Hebrews 12, and it says this. Wherefore seeing, we're Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And this next scripture is it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now it goes on to say, I just want to read that part, but it goes on to say it's, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So because he endured, and we can see, we're going to go through some aspects of Jesus' life, we can see where he went to levels. He didn't just bust on the scene and was just doing everything. He actually went to levels. And so it is with us. So... Let's turn to Matthew, the third chapter, and verse 16. And we'll see here, this is where Jesus was baptized. So he was baptized he, and, and approved by God at this point. And in chapter 4, verse 1. We see he was led into the wilderness to be tempted to get his pride and his flesh under control. And the last aspect was Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, dealing with the way we think. So it's a pattern in there that I see that we have to go through as Christians. Um. We have to be spirit-led. 
to make the right decision. We have to be filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, so we can have the leadings of God. We have to put flesh and pride under control. We know that pride cometh for before destruction. So anytime you operate in pride or see anybody operating pride, you can know what's coming next is destruction that's on its way. All right? And as I said, in school, we're tested. We're tested out of levels. And so it is in God. So let's turn to Psalms 23, because I saw a pattern here in Psalms 23. We're going to go through the 23rd chapter, 24th, and the 25th chapter of Psalms as well. Because there is a pattern here, a growth that I see. So in Psalms 23, that's one we probably all memorized as kids. It says this. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now this is what I look at as the new birth happening. God is providing. He's putting you in a spiritual cocoon so you can grow. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will feel no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, your power and authority. That's that rod and staff. They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is what God does for us when we first get saved. He puts us in that spiritual cocoon. He protects us. He lets us continue developing. And then he releases us into the world. So we see that's what God does. He protects us. He allows us a period of growth that we have to take advantage of. See, your growth in Christ is really dependent upon you. How much are you taking in what he's trying to give you through learning, through preaching, through studying, through reading the word. That's all, that's all on you. That's why we should have a desire and a sense of urgency to grow and get things straight. Because the Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. You don't know. You don't know how much time you have. And that's why we have to be mindful of situations we in, not to get caught out in those situations. And the Lord coming back, and we say, oh, Lord, I didn't know. We always have to be ready. So in Psalms 24, it goes into the earth is the Lord. Let's go. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof in the world, and they that dwell therein. So we're going to a whole nother level here. We're going to a level now that what's his is mine. I'm understanding that now. That what's his is mine. And let's hold there and let's go to Romans 6 and 13.
We ain't got to say amen. All right. Amen. So Romans 6 and 13 says this. See, because once we understand that God owns us, there's a whole new level that we take upon. The Bible says here in Romans 6 and 13 that neither yield your members as righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So now we realize that we are gods and we have a level of control of what we do. We can become vessels of honor just by modifying the members of our body, just by watching what we do. So in verse 19 goes on to say, um, now you, I'm at the bottom here, it says this, now you yourself members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. See, and it's at this level where I start to realize holiness. Now, the Greek word, the Hebrew word for holiness is the number one. Is the number one. So he's saying he don't want you to be schizophrenic in him. He wants you to line up and be one. Amen. Now, let's go back to uh, Psalms 24. And verse 4. So we have to understand why is it saying that in Romans? Because in Romans, I mean, in Psalms 24 and 4, it says this. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and the righteousness, righteousness from the God of his salvation. So it's a purpose in these things. To be in a place to receive. That's why we want to get right or, or do the right things. Yield our members to things of righteousness. Because that's how the blessing, that's how we receive the blessings. Now, if we go to Psalms 133, we don't have to turn there, but it talks about by being in place in God and being in place in terms of order. How the dew runs from the head down throughout the body to the to the to the feet to the to the skirts and that's how power flows that's also how giftings flow blessings so we have to make sure that we're in subject to the scripture says that let every soul be subject to the higher power that we have to put ourselves in subjection, not as a thing of, of, um, of somebody forcing you to, but in a place of understanding so you can receive. Amen? All right. And in Colossians 3 and 5, we can turn there. And let's hold 24 to come back there. Colossians 3 and 5. Right. Colossians 3 and 5 says that we have to mortify, therefore, your members. That means you have got 
to make different decisions. You have got to modify, to change your decisions. You have got to do that. That's something that you have control over. But also in this stage, and we're looking at this level, as we've gone from infant, now we're in the teenage stage, so or the, or the adolescent stage, that we have to, as it says in Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, that we may prove was that reasonable, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God has taken us to a place. And in that place where God has taken us, there are some things that we are definitely accountable to do if we're going to grow and be all that God would have us to be. There's some accountability on our part. Uh, in Galatians, one of the uh, scriptures for the church, uh, Galatians 4 and 2, that pastor uh, refers to a lot, that we're under governors and tutors to appointed time. So we, we have to take all that in consideration. And it's at this time, though, where you're going to get your most pushback from. And those of us who have raised teenagers, we know. At the teenage level, you'll find out. <laughs> At the teenage level is when you get that pushback. And you get real pushback. It don't be like, no, I ain't going to do it. It be like, I don't believe nothing you say. I'm not going to do it. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. 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 At that teenage level, you know. Praise, I, I pray to God. Some, some of y'all won't have to go through that. <laughs> but I was, I was a real stickler in my house that my mom would say things and I'd be like no I'm not going to do that let me go ahead and get out here because I got this and I left home early at an early age because hey I thought I knew I said I can make it on my own from here I got it and I left I praise God I never had to go back home but I endured some things out there for going out too soon but it's at this level that the pastor's going to get the most pushback. Your leadership going to get the most pushback. You as brothers and sisters going to get the most pushback. Because that's the level where everything ain't quite out yet. And the, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. That in order for something to become sharp, sharpen in a two-edged sword, sharp, it's going to have to have some friction to make it work, to make it sharp. It's got to be some friction. And sometimes we don't want to endure the friction because we don't look past the friction like Jesus looked past the cross to what was coming. He's going to be many. He's going to have many brethren. So if we can all look past the friction, get past those rough points in our coming together as one it's going to be glorious on the other side but we just have to look past that glorious on the other side what's coming you know one thing that God has shared to me we're talking about new beginnings this is our year of new beginnings but you know what you got to have a completion for your new beginnings to start you got to end some things before your new beginning starts because if you don't end some things, 
guess what gonna happen? And your new new beginning starts. It starts blending. Now you got some old mixed with some new. And if we wanna really walk in the fulfillment of that new beginning, we gotta end some things. There gotta be a completion. This has to stop. This can start. So just think about that and how that applies to whatever, wherever you are right now in your life. But if you want to walk in the fullness of your new beginning, some things have to stop. You don't want that new beginning to start and the old still running in the background. When we call that with a computer, I think you have to defrag, I think it's called. You got old programs working and they're not completed and all, and they're just messing up, slowing down the computer. You got to clean them. You got to clean them. That's right. That's right. You got to get rid of it. Amen? All right. Now, if we go to Psalms, uh, the 25th chapter. And what I see here is walking in the fullness of God. That we're walking in the fullness of him. We are his seed. The seed that the covenant is made with. So let's look at uh, Psalms uh, 25. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift my soul. That means I've changed my, my everything about me and I'm surrendering. I'm lifting up to you. That's a, sound of, uh, uh, a sign of total surrender. So you're saying, God, I surrender everything to you. My trust is in thee. Let me not be ashamed and let not my enemies triumph over me. So you're saying, God, I'm trusting in you fully at this stage. See, there's, there's a scripture in the Bible. I always marvel when I read it. it. It makes me just study on it for hours. And it says, Jesus, he didn't do nothing. Or, uh, he didn't do anything or he didn't say anything except what the father told him to. Now, that's total yielding. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have an opinion. And see, I think that's the mark of maturity. When you stop having opinions about things, that you can reserve that opinion to see the outcome. See, when we, when we become truly mature, our opinions, we realize it don't matter. It really don't matter. So I look at the mark of maturity is to not have an opinion. Get rid of your opinions. And what does God say on the matter? Am I going to speak what God says? Am I going to do what God would do? Or am I going to do what Lamar wants to do? Because Lamar may do just what's good for Lamar, but may not be good for Sister Alice. You know what I'm saying? May be good for Lamar, but not be good for uh, Brother Washington. But it's good for Lamar, so it works with me. I can't be like that. I got to see the whole. I got to see the whole. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all day. And that's verse uh, 5 of 25. And I wanted to drop down to verse 21. It said, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. See, another word for integrity is character. See, when we become mature in Christ, when we hit that level of maturity, 
we got character. Now, what does character mean? It means that our words, our deeds, and our actions are one. That's what character is. If I tell you I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And what has happened a lot of times in Christianity is, I mean, when I first got saved, it was all about character. And that was before the prosperity message started kind of coming on the scene. It was about character. You know I mean, that's what was straight preach. Character, you got to have some character. And then as, as things got more into prosperity, people like threw that out the window. But guess what? Because I have been there. When you got a whole lot of money and you ain't got good character, you know what you do? You manipulate because you have and they don't. You destroy because you can and they can't stop it. You see what I'm saying? If you got riches in abundance and you don't have the character to go with it, you're going to destroy some people. That's why it's so important in the body of Christ today, we go back to having character. God never left it there. He says he's going to preserve the people that walk in integrity and uprightness. But we got away from that. So our words, our deeds, and our action all have to be the same. All have to be the same. If you talk to some Jewish um, rabbis and you ask them what's the most important scripture in the Bible, you know what they would say? The Lord our God is one God. You know why? Because they're saying he's got character. That oneness means holiness. Every time you see that in the Bible, holiness or one God, they're talking about character. That he is one. He's not schizophrenic. And he shouldn't have children that are schizophrenic. Amen? Amen. So let's turn to 1 John 1, 9. I mean 3, 9. Because I said, this is what God is looking for to make covenant. Now, we're saved, and we're saved daily from our sins. But if we look at 1 John, I said 1 John 3 and 9. And it says this. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. See, when we reach that mature level, that that seed that God has planted in us, that that seed now, is controlling our words, everything about us, that we're one. Then God is saying, oh, you, you can't even sin now. See, that's what Jesus said. I don't do anything except what I hear the Father say or what I see the Father do. So we have to get to this point of maturity that what we want, what we think is not important, but it's what God wants. See, I always think it's a catch-22 when they say he'll give you the, um, 
he'll give you the uh, desires of your heart. Now, have you ever thought about that? Why would God give you desires of your heart? Anybody? Okay, Minister Harris is on. He said, because you delight in him. See, guess what happens? Your desires become his desires. So now you ain't asking for nothing crazy. So he's going to give it to you because that's our word. Because now you are lined up with his will. You have delighted yourself in him. You have allowed him to take over even your desires. That's an intimate thing, your desires. That's an appetite. Appetites. Don't you know the root of all sin is in appetites? I think in, in biology we call it it's in the hypothalamus, the center of the brain where appetites and things like that are controlled, times and all. So yeah. So he's saying, I'm gonna get to the deepest point of your brain here. And I'm gonna renew that mind. I'm gonna you let that word take root. And your desires will become my desires. And I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all to you. Whatever you desire, you can have. Because I know now you're not asking for anything to consume upon your own self or to lust for your own self. But now you're looking out for what I would look out for, people. You have a natural love for people. So as we grow from faith to faith and from glory to glory, in Psalms 31, 24, it tells us to be of good courage because he shall strengthen your heart. All you that have hope in the Lord. So we're at a good place in God. And God is going to bring these things to pass. But we can't get caught up in what's going on around us. In Psalms 37 and 7, it tells us to fret not because of the workers of evildoers. I know sometimes we'll be doing good and Satan will bring something by us and we'll take up a quick look and now we get envious because this person we know they just wilding out doing whatever but they seem to be prospering they seem to have it all going they're getting all the promotions and we're looking at them you thinking but God I I'm your servant I'm your child and they just doing up he tell you fret not he said because their end is going to be swift and see, we, we don't realize the Bible tells us that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. How are we going to get their wealth? Do you think they're just going to give it to us? Mm -mm. So that's why it's important that we understand, fret not, God has this thing under control. And that all we have to do is stay encouraged in him. Don't get shipwrecked in your faith. Because God desires to take us like I say, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from levels on levels on levels. He's working this thing out. Let's turn to Romans 5, 3 to 5, so we can see this. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Now, I tell you this now. I have been a person... That when I first got saved, I was taught, if you want patience, pray for, pray for patience. Pray for patience. But see, I, I saw something different, and I wouldn't pray for patience. You know why? This scripture right here. <laughs> it says that 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patient. Now, what is that saying? <laughs> That's right. You, you want some patience? Oh, we get some patience. We're going to get some tribulation. We're going to take you through some things to get some patience. So now, how how you want this done? You <laughs> And I, I for, for years, I'd be like, oh, Lord, I'm not praying for no patience. I'm just going to try to walk in this thing, you know. Yeah, because I was like, tribulation, man, I don't need no more tribulation in my life. But that's the word. <laughs> and patient worketh, patient experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, this is so important here. That we go through all these processes. You know what it's producing? Love. See, faith worketh by love. Everything in the body works by love. And what he's trying to do is get us to a point where we understand that that's all that's taking us through. To walk in love. To walk in love. Because with love, you can have compassion on somebody. Pray for them to be healed. And because your motivation is love, God will move. You can pray for somebody to have faith for something. Because your motivation is love, it's going to work. Because your motives are different now. Your motive is love. And we know that God is love. So love is your ability to separate. This is my definition. Love is the ability to separate yourself from situations. To see what's best for the whole. Or see what's best for the whole person. So we have to look at that. All these things working. As, just think experience. Because see experience is one of those things that. It's, it's kind of two edged sword to me. Because if I experience this thing before. I got to be quick now. That if I see signs of it coming around again. Not to be prejudiced and prejudge the situation because it may not be the same situation. It might have some similarities to it, but it might not be the same situation. And so that's the sin of old men is, is being prejudiced. Oh, I've seen that. I've been there before. Now let's move on. And boom, get caught up, you know. And the sin of young men is lust. So, you know, we have to watch all those things. But all these things are working to bring us to a point of walking in love. Because hope make it not a shame. Because hope is rooted in the aspects of love. All right? Now, we have to, the Bible says in Romans 11, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And so we have to keep in mind, as I read that scripture God was showing me, we have to keep in mind to really stay connected. Because unbelief, unbelief and whatever, in the house, vision of the house, if you're unbelieving in that, then you can't participate in that. No matter how bad you want to participate, or say you want to participate, you're not one with it. So you have to be broken off. And it's okay. But 
In everything you do, you have to have belief in it for it to work. In the Amplified, I think when it says, it says belief, it says rely on, trust in. So it's more than just a mental thing. It, it brings action to it as well. You rely on. You depend on. In Romans 13 and 1, this is one of my favorite scriptures that I meditate on. Because being humble is a big key to going from another level to another level. And it says this in Romans 13 and 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher power, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever resisted the power resisted the ordinance of God, the laws of God, and they, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, what is that saying? So what he's saying is God is a God of order. And if we look at things all through the Bible, we always see order. We always see order all through the Bible. Even with Satan's kingdom, we see order. He learned from God, right? We see principalities, uh, wickedness in high places. We see all these orders, you know? And so we have to understand that in order to go to these higher levels, we have to be subject to spiritual authority or powers or spiritual maturity that are over us. All right? And we have to understand that as we move into these new places, new levels, new devils, more warfare. Now, I always think about that. When I hear that, I always go back to Solomon. I mean, not Solomon, Samson. Samson took a jawbone and killed a thousand men. He killed a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. I'm going to say donkey. That ain't what the Bible say. But I'm going to say donkey. <laughs> All right? But when he got finished killing them with that weapon, did you think he said, oh, this is a nice weapon. Let me keep this for my next battle. No. He threw it away. He threw it away. And sometimes when I'm talking about how sometimes we go into situations is that we won a battle here using this just like Jesus' disciples. They went out. They was, they was praying for people, laying hands on people. People was getting healed. They were so happy. They ran upon something they hadn't seen before, and they was confused. You say, oh, these things come out by fasting and prayer. That's a whole other level. You see, you have to recognize as we move into levels what level we are because it's going to take different weapons with the levels that we're going to. Amen. And in First Corinthians, I think it's four. Is it four and ten? It says this. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's when you think about that. What is the purpose for us learning all this word? What is the purpose for us learning all this word? Have we thought about that? Why are we getting so much word in us? What's the end result? What's the end result of that? 
of uh, learning all this word is so that we can walk in power. It's power. It's all about power. You can't defeat. Look, when the, uh, when the kings went up against other kings, the people that won the battle were the people that had power, the people with God on them side. That's who wins the war. The people that have the greater power. That's who wins the victory, people with power. So this word is to bring you into a place to carve off those, smooth off those rough places that where you don't fit, like the temple, how those stones were all cut before and just fit into place. So the Bible tells us we're fitly joined together as a body. So God has taken us to a place where we're learning all this word so we can smoothly just fit right in there, no gaps, so we can walk in the power, so we can proclaim him in power and authority. The rod and the staff, the power and the authority of God is what God wants to see out of his people. And in order to do that, we have to go from infant, designed to sear milk of the word, and going to meats. And we have to have a desire to grow. I know that, you know, with, with my sons, um, they would like to stay a certain age. And I keep pushing them. You can't stay there. You got to grow up. You got to get out of the house. You can't stay here, you know. Because I realize if they stay that certain age and God takes me off the scene, they're in trouble. So I got to make sure I'm providing everything for them to make sure they can be victorious in the world. And that's what God is saying to us. He's providing everything for us so we can be victorious in this world. We see all the things that are happening in the world. It's craziness. If we pay attention, it's some real craziness. But Bible tells us, hey, be of good cheer. I'll, I'll overcome, you know. I'll overcome the world. That's no big deal. And you think about the Christians in the, the uh, times when they were being crucified and eaten by lions and stuff like that. Hey, look at Stephen. They were was, they was, they was stoning him. He saw something greater. But a lot of times what happens to us is we are locked in survival mode. We want to survive. We want to live and not die. But except that seed that he made that covenant with. <laughs> okay. No, no problem. No problem. But except that seed that he has made the covenant with fall to the ground and die, then there's not going to be any growth happening. It's not going to be any growth happening. So we have to understand that, that it's levels in this thing. And we have to desire to continue to move from the level we are to a higher level in God. Amen? Amen. Amen.